What's up, guys? Welcome back to uh, No Easy Buckets. Uh, this is Jacob. I'm joined once again by Hunter Mitchell uh, to talk some Grizz. What's up, man? What up? What up? What up? As Johnny Roser would say, uh, what's up? All star break. Yeah. Um, we could Grizzlies needed a break. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Needed a break uh, from watching him, honestly, a little bit. You know, it's funny you say that. I guess we're gonna jump right in, but but that San Antonio game right before the break, first night of the back to back at home, um, with all the new guys. That was the first one I really got upset about losing again, which is a good thing, which means I cared again. Because yeah, those guys good. played their ass off. They did. Um, Should have won that game. Jaron had a shot to, to send it to overtime. Misses the first, and then when he tries to miss the second, banks it in. Um, Avery Bradley went off. Uh, I mean, that was that was cool to see. That um, was. That was cool to see. Jonas, uh, I, I can't even pronounce his last name. Uh, <laughs> Valanchunas or something like Valanchunas? that. Valanchunas, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, he jumped right in, and that game was great. So, some of the new look Grizz is what we're looking at right now. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's You take a step back at the All-Star break, the team looks night and day, totally different from day one. Totally, totally different. And – you're right. Like I did feel like towards the end of I, I I love watching Mark Gasol. Me and you both, you know, big Mark Gasol fans. Obviously, great grind era. But it was like those, especially that San Antonio game. It was a little bit different than what we had seen the last couple months. And you know, a lot of people were like, I actually got the <laughs> weird. I got text messages from my little sister and my mom who don't know, like, don't watch basketball at all. Like they, they know the, they talk, watch the Grizzlies every now and then when my dad has it on, but like, they were just like, I can't believe the Grizzlies traded Mark Gasol. Are you upset? And I was like, no, it had to happen. Like, I mean, from the casual fan, they may like think that's a, you know, it it is a sad day in general, but like people that follow the team understood that this was like, there was like a funk going through the locker room and the way everybody was playing, like, you know, he wanted to be out of there. You know, it was, it was just time to go to, you know, it was, this was about as far as we could have taken it, you know, as far, far as we could have driven yeah, the ship. Yeah, I guess we're going to jump right into the Marcus All, and it hits you hard because Big <sighs> Spain brought it every night. But here recently, you saw some things that were some telltale signs. When they met with, with Para, did, did Mark ask for a trade? Did Mike not? Uh, I guess we'll never know. Uh, <laughs> but seems like we always wanted to make a deal for Mark from the get-go. and. Good for him. I'm going to root for Toronto in the playoffs, and I hope they make it through and uh, play the Warriors. I think they're the best team maybe to beat them. And, yeah, it's it sucks seeing him go. And it's like like you said, your mom, like, I'm sure people, like, if I see my grandma, she never watches the Grizzlies, but she knows I do. She'll be like, oh, I heard about Marcus Gasol. Like, that's a big yeah. deal. That's huge. Um, that's huge to think that – it affected the like it, it it made a mark on those people that aren't really you know everyday fans like it, that shows like what he you know the effect he had the face of the grizzlies uh, essentially i mean he he was on the court off the court all-star and he backed it up he got better each year mm-hmm. uh think about him in high school to th- think that kid was gonna be 
on an all NBA team and defensive player of the year, all-star yada, yada, yada. Yeah. That, Pretty freaking impressive. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was an afterthought even after he got drafted, it was like, he was a throw in with the Balgas all trade. And it was like, I think, uh, I think it was Verno talking about how, or somebody was talking about how, you know, people in hindsight will say, Oh, well we, we, you know, we included the Grizzlies wanted Mark in that trade because they thought he was going to take the place of Pat. I was like, no, you didn't dude. he was an overseas second round pick that you were like, Hey, that's a nice throw in for a trade. We're having to trade our franchise player on. And it worked. It's just a testament to how good of a player Mark is that he turned into a multi-time all-star. I mean, that's, you don't see a lot of second round pick all-stars. That's a cool thing. I mean, that's, that's something to be proud of. So, I hope Dylan Brooks will be, but Clay thinks Dylan Brooks is not that great, and I've been hyping him up too much. But um, <laughs> so let's let's take a look at the new Grizz roster. Yeah, and, let's get into uh, that. You know, really love Avery Bradley. Um, saw what he's done a couple of a couple of games, and I think he's just a dog. Clay talks about Noah and like Tony Allen and those kind of guys. They're just dogs and. When yep. you get some of those guys in the locker room, you're going to fight every night. They don't let people take nights off. Um, so, yep. I don't know a lot of these guys like DeLon. Uh, DeLon Wright, um, CJ Miles, and Tyler Dorsey. Yeah. I don't know much about these guys to give an honest opinion. I'm not going to lie. Maybe you can. Yeah, I can. Um, I can no easy in, bucket. Keep going. Vet. But, uh, <laughs> You know, Carter's still got to step up. Man, Clay and I were watching the game the other night. He hits a big three, then he misses a couple open jumpers. Clay's okay, D, but I don't want him to be a Tony Allen 2.0. Um, really love the Bruno signing. That that dude is long, athletic, and, and just has a knack for the ball. And uh, if he can continue to shoot the ball from, from long range, too, that could be a sleeper. Bruno? <laughs> I don't get it, but I like it. I, it's um, it's intriguing. Holiday, man, people are trying to sell me on him, and I can't find it. One, I watched him one game, zero for ten, and, and ever <laughs> since then, like, I, I don't know. But like, he's supposed to be the three and D guy. He's twenty nine. I mean, what 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 are we what are we waiting on? It's wishful thinking with him. He's just a he's a. Honestly, to call him even like a role player is like kind of a compliment. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but like he's the type of guy that if he was on the Rockets right now, like if he was like playing, you know, because they just have a bunch of shooters around Harden, he'd be like, you know, fighting for minutes with, uh, um, well, no, James Ennis got traded, but he'd be fighting for like the ninth or tenth man minutes there, which, you know, that's, he's not a, you know, he's nothing, he's not going to sign with us. We're not going to re-sign him. He's going to go somewhere else and probably, you know, like the Warriors and be the 10th guy. Give, give Yuta his minutes. Oh, I, I agree. Yuta. So somebody you told me that Yuta. You got Rav, yeah. Yuta. Yeah, somebody said Yuta got put in. Uh, <laughs> no, they said Yuta got put in the promo video, the new promo video that they took out Mark or whatever, all the guys that got traded. Uh, they said Yuta's in it several times. So I haven't seen it, obviously, but. Um, I mean, he's gotten legit minutes, so, I mean, I don't see why not. Great two-way player, always having a highlight or two in the hustle game. I mean, dude's got mad skill, and, I mean, he's a big deal for Japan's. Uh, Yeah. 
He he does bring in kind of. I mean, he was at All Star Weekend doing stuff for NBA Japan or NBA. I think it was the like the Japan like you know whatever portion of the NBA. Like, oh, he's international stuff. Yeah, he's number one. He's number one in the league, I guess, most playing minutes for Japanese guys. I would assume. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a. That's the thing is like he's got some pieces. I mean, he was in a, on a summer league roster. I think it was on the Nets or something like that, but. You know, he, he has some game. There's no reason that guys like him and Bruno, they should be playing like, you know, at least like 15 to – I would say in between like 15 and 30 minutes a game. Like you want to see what those guys can do, you know. I agree. Uh, playing with Jaron too. Like Rav, Yuta, Jaron, Bruno, like I love those lineups. And throw like Noel in there, Avery Bradley just for the hell of it. Like – yeah. It's a fun team to go watch and support. Um, they all play hard. Well, I, I see a name right here that, you know, Clayson probably doesn't have a lot in common with everybody else on the team because uh, there's a bunch of dogs in the soccer room. And Mr. Chandler Parsons is about to waltz back in here uh, and try to play his way through the second half of the season. or Well, yeah. uh, post-All-Star break. And obviously him and – joking we're buddies at florida but man i hope he plays well that's all i'm gonna say just shoot the ball well get you three for five on threes a night get the hell out of there played <laughs> i don't know seven ten twelve minutes i mean what does he play where does he go that is interesting too I almost kind of forgot it's been a couple of days since that announcement and a lot of stuff's happened I almost forgot that he was coming back How into the you forget <laughs> i know right that's a that's blasphemous but um that's an interesting thing too. I think best case scenario for us, and this was kind of a bigger point that I was going to get into, but we'll go ahead and break it down. So like the trades that we made, like the one from Mark that we got Jonas and CJ and uh, Delon, right? Uh, so those like Chandler, I would say like Valanchunas has a $17 million option for next year, kind of like how Mark had a 25. And so, and CJ has a uh, an $8 million option. I think Jonas definitely picks up that and CJ maybe, but that turns those guys into expiring contracts, which are pretty valuable in today's league for like trading for picks and stuff like that. And Chandler will also be an expiring contract as well. So I think your best case scenario is that Chandler comes in, proves that he can play out the rest of the season healthy, playing decent minutes and that he can still hit shots that he's still, you know, not a zero complete zero on defense and whatnot. And that, next year during the season you use that contract as like a trade piece because some team will fall back in love with the fact that he's a you know what 610 guy that can shoot threes so right that's what you have to hope is that some team in the you know around christmas next year somebody dumber than chris wallace to come (laughs) and pick up Chandler parsons yeah i don't know if there's anybody out there there's there's not many well I guess my thing is, like, how do we end up losing picks this year? You know, after all the acquisitions and whatnot, like, I feel like we're still – we were still in the negative from, from what we could be yeah. getting. I think we lost the second rounder for, for Holiday. And well, we traded two this year and next year. I mean, they weren't both ours, but I think they were both two second-round picks that we had. Somebody – we had a pick from somebody else, too, that we traded – so, well, I think we need to get do our best to win some games and then convey this pick and 
get everything behind us and kind of have a clean slate to play with with some cap room and some expiring stuff coming up in the next year or two because we, you got to put more around Jaron. Like, Jaron can be good, but you got to put our stuff around him. Yeah, and the thing is with Jaron is you don't want that to turn into, like, a Porzingis situation, which that was there's a lot that goes into that. But, I mean, you have a rookie that, you know, is coming up on his restricted free agency, which you still control, but you ended up trading him anyway because he didn't want to be there. And you don't want Jaron in three years to be like, please don't, you know, or find somewhere to send me because I don't want to stay in Memphis anymore. And, you know, that's the thing is the return for Mark wasn't flashy, right? And a lot of people were like, well, obviously Toronto is going to see the benefit of that trade sooner than we would, right? But for what was available, I think it was a pretty decent trade because, like I said, Valanchunas and Miles turn into expiring contracts next year. And they're decent role players that you can trade closer to the deadline for a first-round pick or – you know, something, a younger player, kind of like DeLon himself for next year and Chandler as well. So I think you have some, and Avery Bradley uh, is only guaranteed to make $2 million next year. So that becomes a trade piece or, you know, if he bottoms out, you can always cut him and not really lose any money. But I mean, you're probably, that's probably not, you're probably going to hold on to him, but you have some pieces that can, you can replenish that draft pick kind of bucket with a couple of those guys maybe it's just second rounders whatever but it's still better than nothing and and then delon Wright, you have his restricted free agency rights this summer which i think he's probably going to get something like dante exum got last year like three years 30 million 33 million so that's going to be a pretty good long-term deal once he signs it you know to have his rights for the next three or four seasons for like around nine to ten million that'll be a pretty valuable contract well, we we can't forget about – I love slow-mo. Uh, oh, yeah. Big fan of slow-mo. And then uh, I still think Dylan Brooks uh, – I mean, we talk about him. Uh, I still think he can be a good player. And, and yeah. it's funny, him and Tyler Dorsey played on the same team at Oregon. I mean uh, – Dorsey's I, I not, like, up. terrible. Like, a lot of – like, if you listen to some – The Andrew Harrison 2.0? I think he's a better shooter. The thing is, he's a different – he's more of an offensive-minded guy, and Andrew was kind of more of like a long defender that developed offensively. Dorsey, like a lot of the – like I follow some, you know, nerdy NBA Twitter guys, and they're not big fans of him because of the, you know, the analytics, the stats, the whatever. And But, I mean, he's been, he's been just on a, sh- a shit team, like just hoisting up shots. So he's got some skill. Now he's only under contract for this year – so I don't know what's going to happen with that, but um, he's not bad. I mean, he's better than Shelvin Mack, who we traded him for. I mean, I would rather have oh, him. Oh God! Than Mack. Yeah, everybody <laughs> on this roster is better than Shelvin Mack, even Chandler Parsons. <laughs> even Chandler Parsons. Yeah, no, that's. But you're right. I like slow mo, and this is the thing. Like right now, looking at the looking at the contracts, slow mo uh, and Jaron Jackson are the only two players that have contracts reaching into like 2021 and 2022 so like four years from now you know mike will have already expired you know who knows if he resigns whatever so you know hopefully if you get a three or four year deal from delon Wright, he's on your books and then you have three young players at cheap numbers less than 10 million all the way through 2022 
And that gives you a lot of cap flexibility when players like Chandler and Valanchunas and everything is going off. Cause we're going to have a lot of cap space. It was not going to be next year, but 2020 is going to be pretty, pretty big for us. Do you like, maybe still do you like Delon right? Yeah, I do. He's not somebody like he played at Utah. So like, we're not going to see him play on TV much. He, but like this yeah. year he's shooting 22% from the three point line. 22. I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> His career is 34.9, but I'm sure this season brought it down because yeah. he's only been in the league three years. 22%. Yeah, he was yeah. – Yeah, he's not um, He's not a flashy guy. Seven, I mean, it's seven, three, and four type guy, but 22%. That's not what the Grizzlies need. Like, no. I, I haven't pointed this out yet just to talk about how bad we are right now, but mm-hmm. – 30th in the league in scoring, I think right at 100. Yeah. Absolutely just terrible. We're about 29th in rebounding. I think we are – I'm not looking at it on the wrong page. But we are 20th in assists, I think. Mm-hmm. And guess what we are on in defense? Team defense total points. It's low, Second right? in the league. Oh, no, we're high. Oh, Second. yeah. That's right, yeah. Second best defense in the league, mm-hmm. and where it, it, it that has to do with our pace too. But you're right. I mean, we we're successful in slowing teams down. Like even if we're losing games or we're holding teams to a lower number, it's still a feat in itself to do that. It gives you a better chance to win than giving up 125 yeah. points every night. But it means we've had chances to win and lost a lot of close games. Yeah, yeah, and just a quick, we have. quick comment on your the, the Delon Wright stat. Those are only his numbers with Memphis. So he had a rough shooting game when he was with Memphis. It's only tracking ah. three games. He was a better shooter with. It Toronto. said it was tracking twenty-eight games, but oh. uh, I guess it meant total. But I. Oh, maybe I thought I. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at it differently. Well, regardless, he's a he's better than twenty-two percent. But you're right. He's not. Right, 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 right. He's not. Yeah, he's not a super prolific shooter. But. Um, you know, I just I just want to get more dynamic on offense. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like our possessions are so limited. If we're not a, a efficient as hell that night, we're just going to lose the ball game. Like, no mm-hmm. matter how good or bad our defense is. And then hitting a couple free throws down the stretch, you lose games against San Antonio's yeah. of the world. But <laughs> That's true. I, I don't know. I, I, like JB, I like JB's comment the other night about the referees because the only foul called in the fourth quarter was on that last play of the game, uh, which is unbelievable when we had about 50 points in the paint that night. We were just dominating. That was crazy. That The end of that, that fourth quarter was awful to watch just from like a fan's perspective. Like they weren't getting any. We would foul them every time, and then <laughs> we weren't getting a call on the other end. It was terrible. Hey, yeah. I was right on all those stats, by the way. So yeah. thank you for that. Um <laughs> 23 and 36, like, this just just hurts, man. Going on that, like, stretch of just dropping L after L, I mean, maybe that was the mark effect and we can shake some of that off. But I'd love to play above 500 for these, what, how many games are there, 20-something games? Yeah. Yeah, about 21 or 22, I think. Um, I don't know. Like just – 
Yeah, I mean, win, and then it comes in, games. this is a good time to segue into something me and you were texting about the other night, and that's the, the pick conversion or the conveying the pick. Because now I think we're what? I think we're right at seven or eight in the – or maybe six, seven. We're in the six, seven, eight range right now, and it's a top eight protected pick. Um, if it doesn't – if it goes outside the top eight, Boston gets it. So – these are after the all-star break, you're going to see a lot more teams, I guess you could say strategically tanking based on where they view themselves. They've had a week to look at it. So now they're going to start making some changes. Whereas the West that was really competitive is probably going to get a little bit worse. And so some of those teams, they're going to try to lose against us, but you know, I want to see, we want to see good teams. We want to see competitive fun games, especially for people that go, you know, have season tickets and whatnot. But, you know, it's getting down to the, you know, the end on whether or not we're going to keep that pick. And I'm kind of either way on it. I I can see the positive, but I can also see the negative to it. So what do you think about it? I know we talked about it, but go ahead and shoot it out. I just want to get everything kind of behind us. Mm -hmm. Um, I say we just, I think we continue what what Chris Wallace says. Unfortunately, I hate to. To, to say I agree with anything to he quote says, him. but let's just continue to keep winning and, and yeah. see what happens. I mean, I mean, the San Antonio game was clear enough evidence. Like this team still has a lot, and I don't want to give yeah. up on these fans and and what yeah. everything's done. And we're at six right now. Yeah, and there's a lot of teams in that twenty three to twenty seven wins right now uh, in the East and the West. So. It can shake out. It's gonna be. It's gonna be close. You, you got to play well. Yeah. Um, because honestly, if you don't get top three, and you get, I think this year they changed the ruling where the top, the bottom three teams all get the same odds for the first pick. Right. Yeah, fourteen percent. I think. I'm just looking at it. That's the only reason. <laughs> and that's it's funny because of course we sit outside the top four last year when we finally uh, get get a ping-pong ball our way. Yeah. We got Jaron, which I can't be upset out. about, but I wanted Luca. Yeah, I did too. For the I record. Really yeah. I was – that was uh, – I still wanted us to kind of – that's who I wanted. I was afraid – and honestly, he's been playing good lately, uh, Bagley. But I was afraid that if we got number two, we were going to take Bagley where the Kings took him. And so that kind of scared me um, at first when I before the lottery. But Luca was the guy I wanted. I, somehow I feel like if we would have gotten number two, we would have <laughs> we wouldn't have taken him. We would have let him go. But um, but the we curse of number two, right? Right. We would have we would have probably taken somebody that didn't even get picked in the top five. We'd probably taken Mo Bamba, and <laughs> which I'm not saying he's a bad player, but. He's not as he's not going to be as good as Jaron or Luca or any of his other guys. So, um, but I mean, we we did get a good player, and you're right. If we don't really get in that top, I think that's why I think best case scenario is us to be like number eight or number nine going into the lottery, and maybe maybe number nine and going into the lottery, and then if something happens, and because if you're at number nine. The highest if – if you get, like, a higher pick, it's going to be, like, really high. I think it jumps into, like, the top five um, based on how that happened. I mean, it's super complicated. I don't really exactly know. But it would be if, – if we if we keep the pick at that point, it'll be a pretty good pick. And if we stay at number nine, it's like, okay, whatever. We gave up the pick. But um, 
you know, that I'm kind of torn just because I, I end up falling in love with some of the guys in the draft every year, but it's probably better to go ahead and get it behind us. Cause worst case scenario is we keep it this year and next year, and then something happens. And that third year when it's unprotected, we're awful. And we give away a top three pick to Boston, which yeah, but don't want that, that means we're just, we're just not good from there on out. Essentially. Yeah. Okay. Basically that's the time when people start, talking about moving the team again and when shit like that happens. We're not, we're not for that on this podcast. Um, <laughs> <Definitely> not. <laughs> not trying to ruin, not trying to ruin anybody's day. Uh, <laughs> just saying, if you live um, in Memphis and you want us to get moved to Seattle, you can just find another team. In my opinion. I think new Orleans should get moved before anything. Like, come on, they got way more. They mm-hmm. got the Saints. Come on. Yeah, I think that would be the, the team. I, we, there, Jeff Calkins has written articles about it. I think we're pretty safe based on the FedEx Forum contract and everything in Para, but I, I don't lose sleep over it. I, I think it's a lot. It's just a talking point that people like to bring up on like podcast oh, like yeah. major major networks like to bring up. Oh, Memphis, move them! Like they don't really actually know much about the situation besides the fact that they just look at a small market. Yeah, but there's plenty of other small markets, so. Yeah. Um, it is what it is, but yeah. But I mean, going going back to the conversion conveying of the pick, you know, I think you're right. Get rid of it this year. Um, you, you you we have the assets going into next season. Like I, we were saying earlier, you know, maybe we can recruit some of those picks. We'll have ours. Un, you know, we'll have our pick straight out next year, and then you know, probably be back in the lottery. Honestly. Uh, so yeah, we have a, we have a chance to keep building on what we have still just in year two of the Jaron Jackson era, a couple more years of slow mo, a couple years of Dillon Wright going going forward. So I think that's best case scenario is to go ahead and convey it this season and us win some games at the end and be a fun you know get the season ticket holders fired up again. So no, yeah, they yeah, I mean, they're they're better than they were a month ago. They're more happy. Yeah, I think obviously you got to get over the emotional Mark Gasol effect, but uh, I think this is a a team that you can come out and watch and have a good time and and cheer on, and they're not going to get blown up by anybody, and they're going to stay in every game. Uh, And if they happen to make some shots that night, they could win. But uh, you get to watch Mike Conley for a little bit longer. Cherish it. Yes. Cherish it. Watch Mike pass the torch to Jaron. Uh, with with a lot of pressure now on Jaron's shoulders, I hope Rab can can be that kind of twin tower effect with him down there because when both of them are on, that could be really something cool, fun, athletic. Uh, I think Jaron's got a little more range. Definitely. If you get a slow mo back and a Dylan Brooks, uh, I mean, if you resign Mike, Mike slow mo. Dylan, Rab, and, and Jaron, or throw in one of those other guards, and maybe Bradley. That's a fun six, five, six guys. You can throw a seven, eight, nine on there. I mean, yeah. try to make a playoff team for next I'm season. I'm always optimistic. I know, yeah, the yeah. talking future, but yeah. Um, I'd rather see, I mean, I'm, I'm hip to the whole tanking thing to where I understand the reason why certain teams do it. But personally, I'd rather see a you know, eight or a seven seed Grizzlies team over a number one pick Grizzlies team. You know what I'm saying? So I would rather see a team make the playoffs and have a good season than be in the top five of the lottery. So 
if next season we scrape enough to get in the eight seed, then that's that's awesome. Like I'd love to see that team do that. Oh yeah, just like well, we you know our college basketball teams as well. We're just excited to get in the tournament. Like we're not, <laughs> yeah. you know, we know we're not not going to win the right. national championship, but I just want to see a team that's competitive night in and night out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and something I wanted to ask you too. Do you think? Uh, do you think Mike uh, Conley gets traded this summer? You know, I've thought about that as well. Because um, that was the rumor. Really that tough. That's what they're going to revisit this summer is the trade. Yeah, summer. because he's going to. You know, it'll be a slower process. We'll have more time to mm-hmm. kind of look at some options. Um, if he finds a good spot for a crafty vet. Um, I think he would like it, but I think he's going to be picky where he goes. Um, man, all he knows is Memphis. Like, it's so hard to know what a person's thinking uh, that's been here. Well, that no, long. I mean, so, like, I mean, we can. I mean, what we don't. I mean, I guess we can. We can trade him anywhere, but uh, true. But like, yeah. I feel like he has a little. I feel like he'd have more say than most players. Like, you know, you just trade if you're Andrew Harrison in the world and, and so on. But, like, yeah, Mark and Mike, obviously, are national news when you start to, to talk about that. So, maybe just because I don't want him to go that I'm saying, I, I don't know because I'm too emotional for it. <laughs> yeah, no, I – and and honestly, I think the because I'm I, I want Mike to stay. Like in the end, I mean, I think if we can get a great trade for him, then cool. But I, I would like to see him here to grow with Jaron. And just because I think you're right, like next year we could have a semi-competitive team if some of those pieces come back, and maybe we, depending on what happens with the draft. But I think the draft will determine what they do next year. Now, if we keep our pick this year, let's say we bottom out some injury or whatever, or we get lucky in the lottery and we get a top five pick, whatever. I think they hold on to Mike and play out next season and hope obviously be a, should hopefully be a better team and then convey it next year when it's only like top three, four protected, whatever, and then maybe trade him. But if, if you convey the pick this year, so next year you have it outright, I think, there'll probably be a greater chance that he gets traded because then you'll want to get that, that top, you know, you'll want to be a bad team the following season to get that pick. That's probably what their thinking is, I would imagine. Um, so it'll be, you know, they'll, we'll know after the lottery kind of where they'll be leaning, I think. Um, I think it'd be scary to know what Chris Wallace and Robert Perra are thinking. That's true. Good point. Valid point. Uh, do you think uh, – I mean, it's it, I, it's probably futile to ask this question. It's probably a waste of breath. But is there is he the is is opening night next year? Is Chris Wallace on in the front office for for us? Do you think? I mean, I don't know how we get rid of him. Something has to happen pretty bad. I feel like he just it's like a cockroach. He just doesn't leave. Like he just he can't get rid of him. And he always comes back with that smirk on his face. <laughs> the damn press conference smirk where, you know, I couldn't even listen to it the other day when he had it. I was just like, I don't even want to know what he's saying because he's just going to sell us on something, talk about Mark. and like He just always thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And, clearly, uh, yeah, clearly not. <laughs> but, you know, that's 
I'd love to see a, a change. I, I'm not holding my breath for it. Um, I do feel like Para is more active now, which, you know, there's been rumors here and there that he's been doing more behind the scenes, but I think he's actually a little bit more invested in the team in the day-to-day operations of it. And as far as the, you know, the, the makeup of the roster and whatnot. So maybe he has a little bit more say in things and, and I'm okay with that. I have, I, you know, Perez, a you know, he's a winner. He, he, he built a billion dollar company. He, you know, is the youngest owner in the NBA. Uh, th- there's some things to like about that. If he can surround himself with the right people, I think he's the kind of fiery owner, like a Mark Cuban type guy that can really endure himself to the fans. If he allows that to happen. I don't know if he will, but I do have hope for that ownership, for his ownership, that he eventually wins more people over and becomes more visible and and everything. And because I, I think he has some, I think there's potential for the fr- in franchise to get back to where it was under him. You know, it's just but there's also a chance. <laughs> crazy. And he's gonna team. pull a he's yeah. gonna pull a Chandler Parsons and write a Players Tribune piece <laughs> apologizing to the city of Memphis and get more involved and Calkins will be yeah. talking about him and GP yeah. will be talking about him. And, um, yeah, I mean, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Yeah. We may, um, may, I may be, it may be irresponsible for me to, to think those thoughts, but, but you're right. No, no, it's, it's optimism. And like, you would think like, Oh, we're eventually going to get it. Like, come on. Like, right. uh, I hope, I hope because, I live, like I said, two blocks away. Love the Grizzlies. Right. Want them to succeed so bad it hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just make the playoffs again and just <laughs> changes everything. It just changes everything. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it just um, it changes it changes so much about the franchise. I don't know. Kevin Parsons coming back, so. <laughs> Let's get uh, let's see what happens the second half of the season. It's, it's you know it's been good kind of catching up and looking at this at this yeah. new roster. Um, yeah. You know it's kind of just a turning of the page again, and mm-hmm. just keep these phases of the Memphis Grizzlies get, come and go, and uh, we're in a new phase. And let's see. I, I wish, hopefully, at, at the end of the season we can look on post All Star stats only. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see a nice an upward trend to see to to go into the 2019-2020 season. So yeah. I don't know. I'm uh, like I said, more than 100 points a game. I, th- I think I think we have some some a high probability that we see some some really cool Jaron Jackson moments, and that's what we'll kind of close is like I think you know rookies generally hit a rookie wall, and I would say you know even after the Mark trade. Like he had a couple of good games, but then he had a couple, like he fouled out one of those games or was in foul trouble for a couple of them. You know, there's been some, some, a little bit of a kind of a plateau there as far as, you know, his effect on the game. But I think the you're San see Antonio that. game yeah. was a big example. Right. And he was even, but the thing was, you saw the confidence at the end of the game. Like he, he had made the three, then he came down on one of the last three, four or five possessions, took another three, which, Honestly, like I wanted to win the game. Obviously, I didn't even hate it that much because that was a confident shot that he took. He's a, he has confidence in his shot to do that, and so I didn't even hate but it. Then that he much. got 
stuffed. He got stuffed <laughs> by Rudy that one position as well. <laughs> that, um, yeah. And then he misses the free throws, which like that's yeah. a big moment for a rookie. But uh, but he's he, only nineteen. He's only nineteen. He's only nineteen. Let's let's right. remember that. That yeah, we have to remember that. And I think. I think what we, we get to – he's been, you know, he, what, they, everybody gets about a week off. You know, he's been in the All-Star Weekend. He's seen – you know, he competed in the Rising Stars Challenge. So, he's been around all the, the young stars. He got to be there probably for the Sunday, game on Sunday night with, uh, you know, with the big dogs. So, hopefully you get a rejuvenated Jaron that kind of gets some perspective on things, on like where he is. And like, look, I know I'm in Memphis. I know it's a smaller market, but this is the potential that I have. People know who I am. There's potential for me to build something here in Memphis. And then we see the final 15 to 20 games where he goes out and has some like, okay, this guy, you know, kind of like Donovan Mitchell did last year. I know they were a playoff team, but it was like, oh, this dude's for real, for real. And uh, so hopefully we see some of that, like some some expansion of the game, some more discipline, you know, things like that. Just some some good signs to move forward. Like some, like you said, some, some an uptick in some uh, – you know, some areas where they've been, you know, struggling. And I don't see why not, because everybody that talks about him gives him high praise, whether it's KG, whether it's Avery Bradley, a new guy coming in, whether it's, uh, you know, just guys in the national media. They love the guy. I think he can put on some more weight, get some more moves, um, bulk up a little bit, and just learn a little bit more. Kid's going to be a stud. He's going to be a stud. Um, I think you're right. Like he's going to have another LeBron game where he where he hits the uh, the dagger over LeBron, mm-hmm. um, and I hope he does it at home. Like I hope he just starts <laughs> going off at home, so That'd be the great. home crowd gets behind this team. And you, you watch them when they're on the road. I mean, you're watching Pete and Brevin every night. Uh, Even if you're in your kitchen eating dinner and still on in there, I mean, you you keep up with them when they're clicking. When they're not, you know, nobody knows. Um, it's kind of like the Penny Hardaway effect here as well. Like everybody knows what the Tigers are doing now. Right. Grizzlies got to compete for some fans, so bring the product. Hoop City, Hoop City knows when the product is brought. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope the Joe Kim Noahs, the the Avery Bradleys, and Mike Conley can. I, I think uh, you know there's some dogs on our team. I don't know. I'd see us going. <laughs> I yep. bet. I bet. Uh, let's. I bet on the air. Where's Clay? Clay. I bet. I could bet Clay twenty bucks. I'll text him after this. Grizzlies go <laughs> better than five hundred after the All Star oh, break. Let's do it. Over. He's gonna take it because definitely. I, I make terrible bets with him all the time. Uh, <laughs> over five hundred after the All Star break. Twenty bucks. We'll see. Yeah, and I'm, I'm gonna know. regret that. <laughs> but hey, you're putting some money. You're you're putting some some you know some money where your mouth is, and you're you, something to root for. And you know, looking at that real quick in closing, we have two home games versus the Warriors left. You know, we close the season with them, and then we have a game in you know end of March. Gosh. So those are some those are some games that are national attention. That you know, Jaron can do some stuff, and you know, maybe get a little bit uh, momentum heading into the off season. And then also, I wanted to point out that. I did watch a lot of the, you know, extra videos and stuff that came out over All-Star Weekend. And he the way he interacts with the rest of those young stars in the league, those first and second year players, you can tell that he's a like he's the type of person that everybody likes to be around. And I'm not saying Mike and Mark weren't throughout their careers, but they're they're different. Jaron's like the the life of the party type 
personality. And that bodes well for us going forward, you know, in attracting free agents and, and sorts of things like that, you know, so I just wanted to, you know, make sure pointed that out that I really think he's going to bring some good things to, to the franchise. Yeah. I mean, future face of the Memphis Grizzlies is Jaron Jackson Jr. And um, I love it. He talks to the media. He's always, mm-hmm. he's always been, you know, a stand up guy. So totally. um, keep, keep playing your ass off and, and showing us what you can do. I mean, um, yeah. yeah, I'll, ha- I'll have another number 13 Jersey here soon. I got to figure out a, yeah. uh, same here. I want that Bill Street Blue 13. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So, yeah, no, that's that's a must a must add. But, but yeah, man, uh, that's that's a good you know that's for a team that's uh, number six in the lottery right now. You know, I think we kind of hit everything we needed to and covered the base. And you know, I'm excited to see the rest of the season, see where we you know how the guys are playing and what we can look like next year. But um, but yeah, man, I appreciate you jumping on. Um, obviously we'll tweet out this, uh, you know, you you'll tweet it out as well. Um, hopefully we're doing some more stuff throughout the rest of the season with the podcast, trying to record with Blake this week as well, um, to, uh, get some more NBA all encompassing discussion, you know, trades and stuff, but, but yeah, man, uh, always welcome on the podcast and appreciate you, uh, taking the time out of your night. Well, you know, I just bleed Grizzlies blues. So uh, anytime I can talk about a losing team, a losing record team with uh, with a lot of passion, I'm down. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, shout out to Kermit Davis and the Rebs. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're doing it tournament team this year. Uh, oh, we'll yeah. see what happens the rest of the way. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Good coming on. Yeah, thanks, man. Oh, and by the way, yeah, we we have plenty of experience, both of us rooting for teams that let us down in the record category. So hopefully, both our teams make the tournament this year. Um, uh, that'll be that'll be a lot of fun if that happens. Yeah, I can't have my NBA team and my college team bad because uh, <laughs> that was last year and that wasn't fun at all. <laughs> no, no, but um, but yeah, man, we'll keep following it. We'll have you on again soon. Appreciate it. All right. All right. See you.